today I am going to continue from where we left off last week. And I am going to, oh, let me see. The Lord wants me to talk to you about finding wisdom. Finding wisdom. It entails a lot. What wisdom is, the difference between wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. We'll talk a little bit about the fear of the Lord. We'll talk a little bit about Jesus Christ. Then we sum it up and praise the Lord. Amen. So we are going to read from Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. I'm sure most of you are already familiar with what is there. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7 reads, um, please can somebody read for me Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord is the beginning and the principal and choice part of knowledge. But fools despise skillful and godly wisdom, instruction, and discipline. Amen. Amen. Uh, for a long time, most of me and most of you thought this scripture read, wisdom is the is the, eh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, it reads, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It does not mean that what we were taught was not true. In Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, it reads, the fear of the Lord is the beginning and the preeminent part of wisdom. So that is actually there. We just attributed it to the wrong scripture. Amen. Why are we talking about all these things? So first of all, I'm going to attempt to explain what wisdom is. Then I'll explain what understanding is and what knowledge is. I'm just attempting. Wisdom in its sense is like an idea like a concept, an original idea. You can never really describe what wisdom is, true or false. If you can describe wisdom, yeah, I mean, you can come and teach me. I'm ready to learn. But as far as I know, wisdom is it's difficult to put into words what wisdom is. And this is important, or this is because the Bible says wisdom was there at the beginning. Somewhere in Proverbs, it says wisdom was there at the beginning. So it means that if you can describe wisdom, you were also there at the beginning. And we were not there at the beginning, or at least I wasn't there at the beginning. So wisdom, generally speaking, is like an idea because you really can't describe an idea. Then we will look at what understanding is understanding in its sense is like a container for wisdom wisdom is undifferentiated it is 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 it is a unity it is one let me put it that way wisdom in itself is one in order for one to 
attain wisdom. He must be able to put the idea in a form that can be transferred or related. And it is understanding that allows us to do that. Let me explain further. If you are in class and your lecturer says something and you don't understand, you can't talk about it somewhere, you can't explain. Basically, you can't relate. You can't relate. But once you it clicks in your mind and you begin to explain or be able to, even if you're able to put the idea in your own words, understanding allows us to do that. So wisdom is an idea. Understanding is the container for ideas. Do you get it? And for us, understanding is in the form of words. That is why you realize that somebody who is considered to be wise at every circumstance he seems to know the right words to use to solve the problem by understanding he is able to relate wisdom to us all so if wisdom wisdom generally is like water that's the best thing you can compare wisdom to water water is colorless odorless tasteless basically you can't describe water. So we describe water by what it is not. So if wisdom is water, understanding will be like the bottle. We pour the water into the bottle and we can say, this is a bottle of Coke. This is a bottle of water. This is a bottle of Pepsi. So on and so forth. We are able to describe wisdom by understanding. Now, we come to knowledge. Knowledge becomes the means by which wisdom packaged in understanding is transferred from one point to another. That is what understand. That's what knowledge becomes. So, please, Marvina, come. So, Marvina here is my very good friend. I am telling Marvina, Marvina, please, take two steps forward. So, in my mind, and all this happens in the mind, in my mind, I want Marvina to take two steps forward. So that is wisdom. By telling her, I am applying my wisdom by putting it in words, by understanding, in a form that she will understand, then and I will also understand. So my wisdom packaged in understanding becomes knowledge to her and she acts on the knowledge. Hence, she is, is what we say, she is acknowledging what I'm saying. She is taking actions based on knowledge she is receiving about what I am telling her to do. Do you get it? Thank you very much. Please celebrate Marvina for this wonderful demonstration. So, uh, do we get the whole wisdom, knowledge, and understanding thing? Now that that is out of the way, let's go to the scripture. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 9. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord, some versions say the fear of the Lord is the principal part of knowledge. Basically, it is what you need to be wise. Now, what is the fear of the Lord? 
I have come to discover that the fear of the Lord is not a complicated concept at all. It was very confusing for a long time, but one day it made sense. Just like everything else, the fear of everything else is related to the value of the thing. The Ukrainians are not afraid of Putin because their value, how valuable Putin is to them, has gone down. If Putin was the United States president or Donald Trump, maybe Ukraine would not retaliate. But Putin is not. So they are, they are trying to be stubborn. So in the same way, we can say that the fear of the Lord is determined by value. This is an iPhone. Sorry. This is an, I don't really know the price of this iPhone because somebody gave it to me. I don't know. I don't really care about the price. But for somebody who I've left an iPhone in a car before, I didn't buy it. I didn't care about the price. So, I mean, for somebody who removed money from his pocket to buy an iPhone, the person will be careful. The person, <laughs> yes, some people can relate. The person will be very careful. The fact that to me, an iPhone is not that valuable and I can leave it in a car and get another one. It does not, <laughs> it does not change the value of the phone. What is value? Value is simply the price you put on something. That's what value is. And the truth is, we all determine the value of anything. Somebody wants to buy a shoe 5,000. Somebody will bargain and buy the shoe 1,000. Because to him, the shoe is worth 1,000 CDs. That is the price he has put on it. That is the value of the shoe to him. To the one buying it at 5,000, that is the value of the shoe to him. So he doesn't, not because he has money, but because of value. Do you understand? It is more or less the same thing that we have done with God. We have put our own price tag on God. So much so that some people disregard God to the extent of saying that he doesn't exist at all. That is fine. Some of us, we have to be deceived to, to come to church. Some of us have to be pampered to come to church. Some people are so studious that if you call them, they don't think twice. They are there. All these are as a result of the value we individually put on God. The fact that you see God to be worth a million dollars and someone sees God to be worth five CDs doesn't, in reality, it doesn't affect God's original value. It doesn't affect him at all. It doesn't affect him at all. The one who benefits is the one who knows the true value of God. You can 
clap if you want to. The one who benefits is the one who, I'm not saying knows, the one who discovers the true value of God. That discovery of the true value of God is what translates into the fear of God. So, the fear of the Lord, simply put, is the price tag you put of God. How much God is worth to you. I'm not saying by force you should make God expensive or give him a price tag that he doesn't have in your life. It is fair. God, in some instances, justifies, he did it with the Israelites. He justified his worth to them. I will bring you out of Egypt and put ten plagues on the Egyptians to a point where the Egyptians said, what this God is doing, we can't do it. We can't replicate it anymore. At that point, to them, their value, their value, or their, their value for God has gone up. I'm not this guy's size anymore, so let me just leave it. And God kept on doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it until the point where they said, we can't take it anymore. Eventually, they came back and they didn't return. And that's quite unfortunate. I wouldn't want to be in their shoes, though. So, the fear of the Lord is your value on God. It doesn't change God's value. It doesn't even fluctuate it. It's your value, how much you value God. Now, here's the problem. We don't know how to value God. Basically because value is also dependent. Value is dependent on knowledge. How much you know. That's what determines the value of something. Let me give you a typical example. iPhone Pro Max 13. I've, I've seen a few in town for picture-taking, video-taking, streaking, whatsapping, and things. It's fine. It's mostly women who carry that thing around. It's fine. <laughs> per my observation, per my observation, I mean, it's okay to be holding an, an iPhone 13 Pro Max, be taking pictures, what, what, whatever you put it for. But then, I want to ask you, those who want to use iPhone Pro Max 13, or 13 Pro Max, yes. Is that, is that all you want to use it for? Is that all you want to use it for? I mean, if anybody that wants an iPhone and you can give me a legit use, I can give you my phone, I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind. But is that all you are going to use it for? Because... Statistically, an iPhone 13 Pro Max is the most powerful phone in the world, which somebody uses to streak just that. Someone uses to streak. Someone just sells it for money. That's, that is the worth of an iPhone 13 Pro Max to them, to make money. Statistically, an iPhone 13 Pro Max it's arguably more powerful than some laptops. A lot of laptops. An iPhone 13 Pro Max. But because most of us here don't know 
that a 9.13 Pro Max is this valuable, we will buy one to streak just that. Just that. Just to streak, to text messages. To te did I say to text messages? It actually makes sense. To text messages. Does it make sense? <laughs> to text. Uh, so to text messages. It's messages that we text. Uh, and to text messages. <laughs> okay, to send text messages. Are you following? So, because of how limited we are in the knowledge of God, the value we put on Him is low. So, we ultimately don't fear God. If you, if you, God gives you the chance to discover some of the things I have discovered about God eh? Some of them, if I were to pay you to believe it, you will not believe it. If you were to learn some things about God, you will realize that your how you see God will just change. He just becomes all of a sudden more expensive. God becomes more expensive to you. The things that you took for granted, you won't take for granted again. Because right now, it is God that we are talking about. It's not just any, anything. There's, there's, I read a certain book which was talking about idols. I showed it to Vice V. A certain book talking about idols. After reading that book, if, if they dash you an idol, there's no way you you receive it. Even if that idol was a 13 Pro Max, there's no way you would take it. If they were to willingly give you an idol, after reading that book, idols became the dumbest idea to me. That's the, that's the dumbest thing anybody can do to me. Idol worship. In the same way, I read other things, which suggested God to me in a certain way. And I realized that God is the best thing that can happen to you. Amen. Please, are we, are we following? Are we following? The fear of the Lord is the, the principal part of knowledge. If you want to fear the Lord, know God more. That is the only way, according to scripture. That is the only way. The whole idea of fearing God is about knowing God. That is it. There's no better way. Okay, knowing the, the path to knowing God, it's not easy, but there's no better, there's no better way. There's no better way. I mean, I've, I'm still looking, but from what I've seen, there's no better way. Second of all, from what I've seen, if not for God, you don't want to find yourself worshipping something else. Trust me. You do not want that. So now let's talk a little about this knowledge thing. How do you find knowledge about God? How do you know God more? So like I said, the fear of the Lord is 
basically dependent on knowledge of God, knowledge of the Holy One. How do you find this knowledge of the Holy One? There are two ways. The Old Testament and the New Testament. Two ways. For those of you who think we are in the new dispensation, we don't need the law, we don't need the Old Testament, what, 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 it's a cake, so on and so forth. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but there's no way you can succeed in the New Testament without knowing the Old Testament. Simple. Jesus Christ, when he was growing up, sometimes I read somewhere, I don't know how true it is, but I think it's more likely to be true than false. In those days, there was this, what we call modern day study Bible. Modern day study Bible. There were two modern day study Bibles. Joseph, Jesus' father, inherited one because he was from the house of David. The other one was in the temple where the scribes and things were using to study. So because of that, Jesus Christ, when he was growing up, studied with a study Bible. Studied with a study Bible. Obviously, I mean, he grew up, he spent his early life in Egypt. At the time, Egypt was the center of civilization. There were no schools better than the schools in Egypt. So Jesus Christ had the best of education. He wasn't an illiterate. He didn't know. He, he went to Presec, yes. <laughs> he didn't know. He didn't know what. Like, hey, I'm looking. Like, he went to the best of schools. He knew what he was doing. So then, he was a shark ultimately. But Jesus Christ was not studying New Testament. He was studying the law because he was Jewish. Let me tell you what the law is. You want to know God, read the law. The law tells you who God is. One. Two. The law tells you what God likes. Three. The law tells you what God does not like. How do I know this? What? This is a general description about God. Because when you are asked to write yourself, you write your name and God writes his name, I am. Then you write what you like. In several laws, several pages. Then you write what you don't like. Don't commit adultery, I don't like it. Don't worship other gods, I don't like it. So I've come to the conclusion that the most important piece of information you can have is on the most important essay you have written in your life is the myself essay. Me, I was privileged because I wrote it in English, three and French, three different languages. So I think I'm, I'm comfortable with myself. I can write a good myself essay. Amen. I'm sure most of you, yeah, some wrote it in Ga and other, but I can't write it in Ga. I can't write it in Ewe either. But I'm, I'm fine with three languages. So. And see, trust me, it is difficult to read the Old Testament because it doesn't make sense to us. It is not our culture. We can't relate. So we just flip through the pages, attempt to read, so on and so forth. So God does us a favor. Fast forward to the New Testament. God says that I can see these people are struggling with 
my identity because they are struggling with their own identity and ideally they are me so let me show them what i mean then god tells you don't worry i'll bring an example i'll bring an example i'll bring myself come and show you what i mean by what i said so in the new testament god brings jesus christ jesus christ in his own way said i have come to fulfill the law not to condemn it that's in matthew 5:17 for those of you who want to read it what does to fulfill mean to fulfill means to put into effect or into action that's what it means to fulfill or it means to develop to the full potential or to convert into reality i didn't make up these definitions i took them from the dictionary to fulfill means to put in so we are going to put the definition or the meaning into what jesus said jesus said one i have come to put into action the law one i have come to put into action the law two i have come to develop the full potential of the law jesus christ is saying i have come to develop the full potential of the law three i have come to convert the law into reality i've come to make theory practical so we can come to the conclusion that jesus christ came to demonstrate what god meant in the law and god was describing himself so jesus christ came to demonstrate who god is from a theological point of view with this foundation you can arguably say i am my father and one arguably and it's a good argument you can arguably say i am my father and one you can arguably say this guy is god because he's demonst- he is demonstrating who god is showing you what god meant now the whole idea is that we want to we want to know god we want to be able to understand him we want to be able to relate to him and jesus christ comes to demonstrate but this is the problem most of us find ourselves trying to do the practical when we don't know the theory in other words most of us want to be wise without knowledge trust me from experience you can't pray wisdom into being just like that the bible says in proverbs pray for wisdom or wisdom is good get it but in all that getting get understanding Solomon this after I've read over and over again to be sure when God came to visit Solomon the first time Solomon did not ask for wisdom so Solomon asked for understanding to be able to put what God wants into words that the people can understand words that the people can be able to put into action that he himself can put into action understanding 
What you really want is understanding, not wisdom, not knowledge. Because the wisdom is already there. All you have to have is an idea, a concept, an original idea. See, Jesus Christ comes to say that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Truth simply means original information. Am I telling lies? Simply means pure knowledge. So Jesus Christ is ultimately saying, if you want to know God, I am the source to the original information that gives you life. And life comes from God. If you want to know God, come to me. I know how to get you to God. So there's this school of thought, people that believe that salvation is really not in it's not entirely all about just breaking bread and drinking wine. True salvation is in the messages of Jesus Christ. Some of us will argue that this is not explicitly written in the Bible, so it's not true. But think about it. It has to make sense. You can be drinking wine and breaking bread and still be foolish. Still go and do what you want to do. But if anybody can prove to me that if you find truth in the word of God, your life will remain the same. I will fly. And I can't fly. It's impossible. In other words, there's no way you can prove to me that if, you really, if what you really find is the word of God, your life will be the same. Or not be the same. The truth of the matter is, what most of us need for our lives to turn around, just need more information about God. That is all. So that you start to fear God. You start to value God. Yes, that's the word. Your value for God goes up. Nobody will have to tell you to stop what you are doing. You consciously say that, Charlie, no, this thing that I'm doing. Even if you do it, you, you want to change. It's automatic. I can guarantee that it is automatic. What we really need is knowledge of God. And Jesus Christ comes to demonstrate that knowledge. During the Sunday school, Joshua was talking about typology about how some things in the Old Testament are a, a manifestation in the New Testament of, what, of Jesus Christ, what he came to do. Simply put, a typology is... Jesus Christ came to do the practical of what, was, what seemed theoretical in the Old Testament. Just came to practice it the way it should be practiced. And it is surprising that when Jesus came, the first statement he made was repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent doesn't necessarily mean come to the front and all those things. Repent just means change your mind. The Bible says that we are transformed by the renewal of our mind. We are on earth. What do you need to renew your mind? Information. 
information practically if you come and tell me that you thought I was right-handed and somebody tells you, oh no, Josiah is left-handed and you see me using my left hand. It is information that has changed your mind. I didn't have to tell you. Somebody told you and you changed your mind. So, see, that's what, that's the interesting thing. It's, it's really not complicated. I hear a lot of people say, oh, fear of the Lord is, is complicated. We don't really know how to explain it, but it's really not. I'm just telling you things you have never heard before. I believe most of the things you have heard before, but some of the things you have never heard before. It's just information I'm giving to you ultimately. My wisdom, which I have obtained from the source of wisdom, amen, and which I give to all of you freely. I have put wisdom in words, understanding, and I'm giving to you as information. You are receiving it as knowledge. It's left with what you do with what you have learned. That is why, that is where this definition of wisdom comes in. Wisdom is the application of what you know, what you already learned. That is from a recipient point of view. What you learn the application of what you learn makes you wise. The application of what you learn. For example, Proverbs says that even a fool is considered to be wise if he keeps his mouth shut. He doesn't have to be wise. Though. He just has to keep his mouth shut to be considered wise. Let me tell you something about the book of Proverbs. It nearly seems like it is a book for wisdom. If you want to be wise, read it. You get wisdom and all those things. Like all those things. I was told you. I'm sure you were all told. We believed it. We still believe it. I came to the conclusion that if we think about Proverbs that way, it makes it seem like Proverbs is telling you how to be wise. Or what wise people see and all those things. But in reality... I know this because I've read Proverbs several times. In reality, Proverbs just tells you what wise people do. If you want to be wise or considered wise, do the same thing. You don't necessarily have to understand why if foolish people keep quiet, they are considered to be wise. Try it and see. Just try it and see. If it doesn't work for you, throw it away. If it works for you, keep it. Now, you know how Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 24 talks about how Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God. In other words, he's the demonstration of what God intended. God's original idea. It, it, it is generally very simple. I mean, this whole Jesus Christ idea is, is, is interesting. I mean, if you desire to know more about Christ, the things you find, they are interesting. 
it's not all the time that you sometimes you must want it you must want to know more i decided to pursue knowledge of god not because i think it is important the bible says that um, this thing about uh, this scripture is my mind just now it's about seek the kingdom and its righteousness and all other things shall be added that scripture was not even motivation for deciding to know god more i just sat there one day and said what can be more interesting than i mean what will i find if i decide to look for god and it has brought me this far it has brought me this far